Rika Technologies and GodAndAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Incubate This in podcast partnership with The Rika Show. Was that still Irish? That was a little yeah. bit, but not, <laughs> not over the top. All right, I'm working on it. Um, so today we are talking about... Um, the Great Hack. This is a movie. Was it originally released on Netflix? That's I where think I it was watched Netflix it. Original, yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, this has sort of been trending in social media. Um, everybody's kind of been talking about it. And if you haven't watched it, you absolutely should. Um, I don't know that you really need to for the podcast. So I guess we'll see where this goes and then yeah. we'll find out. Uh, but the premise this was a documentary that was done. And the premise of it is... It's it's about the Cambridge Analytica guy. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And yes. how they were basically lying to everybody about how much of our private well, Facebook information. Well, hold on. I want to I be clear. What they were doing was using information from social media channels and Facebook and whatever else as a way of understanding behavioral patterns and... I want to say this as objectively as possible because there are definitely some subjective opinions about how the outcomes of this are, but they were using that data for the purposes of promoting a candidate or doing sales and marketing, you know, that kind of stuff. So Daryl was also right. They got the data from a guy who wrote an app and Ill, against terms of service took all this data and then he sold it to them, which he's not supposed to do. So he's this is a multiple violation of the terms of services and process. Then when the data was discovered, Cambridge Analytica said they destroyed it. But up to like a year or two years later, was still talking to his underling saying they still have that file and they're using it. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, you know, both. I mean, there was definitely a laws that were breached here, mm -hmm. contracts, agreements that were breached. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating in terms of how manipulation happens because I think we look at the situation, we look at that topic as people on the street and we say, well, you know, okay, sure, they can see what I buy and they can see what I look at and, you know, but I only buy what I really want to buy. So it doesn't matter if they see what I look at and throw ads at me. That's the way I always viewed it was like, you know, they can try to man manipulate me with knowing things about me if they want, but I'm not going to fall for that. But to find out that they were actually creating physical rally events, Russian hackers were creating physical rally events for both sides of the political spectrum just to gin up a lot of f foment um, was shocking to me. I mean, they actually would create a Black Lives Matter march. A Russian hacker would create a Black Lives Matter march, create a Facebook page for it, and then get all these people to attend. And he would go over and he would create a, a white pride march and get a bunch of people to attend. At the same time. At the, the, you know, the same guy would set these things up because it just ginned up this polarity, um, you know, getting the extremes out. And so I guess it was different forms of manipulation that um, uh, I didn't expect. And those kinds of, of manipulations, I don't think you do have much of a defense for because it looks like a real thing. Hmm. So is the... Is this, I'm going to throw something out there that's intended to get a reaction. So just be prepared. <laughs> is this really all that different from 
centuries of propaganda and sales and marketing and trying to influence behavior, or is this just how they do this in a tech world? Well, I think if people, as people become aware, it just, it will just become another thing like that. But, um, no, I mean, this, this is more like comparing subliminal advertising to advertising. And that's why subliminal advertising is illegal because there's not a defense, a psychological defense for it because you don't even know it's happening. Um, and that's what I view this is because these are not advertisements. They're not, they're nothing that look like they're trying to influence you. It just looks like a thing. Um, and that's different. Even if it were just propaganda, I don't think anybody would agree that propaganda is good. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that either. I'm but the first part is pro, pro-propaganda. Pro, right. <laughs> it's not anti-propaganda. I mean, imagine, who was it, Goebbels? Negapaganda. I, I, hate, I hate to go into to Nazi. Unipaganda. <laughs> I hate to go into Nazi that fast, but was it Goebbels that was the propaganda minister for? I yeah. Imagine if he had the level of data on each and that he could target people that specifically back then, how much more effective would he have been? You know, how much more, so to me, that's the problem is people are giving off all of this information willingly and often unknowingly. And Uh, are they really not knowingly that they're putting it out there for the whole world to see though? I think people are surprised at what kind of information they are sort of giving off. I think they're surprised at how, how much this tiny little data point can be tied and connected to all these other data points to paint a very accurate picture. But does about that come them. back to that they click okay, okay, okay because they're anxious to get to whatever the thing is they're trying to do, and they're not actually reading terms of service and it's privacy. Like said, I mean, every website you're visiting is getting gathered into this picture. I think that's the thing. Is back before there was big data. Um, you know, advertisers did studies, they did surveys, they could understand demographics. If you're, you know, if you're this age and this gender and you have this many kids, you're more likely to buy X product. So we'll, we're going to throw that in front of you. Um, but there was no appreciation for, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep a hold of that data. And every time we get a new thing, we can connect it. And it's, it's just like human knowledge in the brain. It's not individual things as much as the network is the knowledge. It's the tying together of things that actually gives you this picture of knowledge that I don't think we had before because there was no, for a long time, there wasn't a practical way to accumulate all of that and keep it connected. Hmm. And, and, and the reason I say unknowingly is I, this happens to me all, it literally happened to me last night. People will talk about Facebook. How are they tracking me? How are they tracking me? I don't understand. How do they know all this information? And I said, every time you see that little thumbs up, that like button on some completely unrelated website, Facebook knows you were there. How? I'm like, well, like, oh, do you really want me to get into the details of that? Because, you know, we got to get into the technical weeds a little bit. But suffice it to say, every time you see that little like button, Facebook knows you were there. Hmm. And so, like Grant said, that's a tiny little data point. This guy just visited this website, whatever, you know, and so we're going to add that to our sort of our list Hmm. about him. Hmm. So, and before, before the, the web really, there wasn't a way to do this kind of stuff because how many data points did you, you know, did you produce 
before there was a web, you didn't produce as nearly as many data points. I mean, we didn't know, you know, and that, that assumes then that you didn't have what you have on phones and stuff. So when I left the house, nobody knew when I was at home, nobody knew where I went. Nobody knew what stores I visited until I handed over my credit card and actually made a purchase. And then they're like, oh, we thought Grant was sitting in the living room, but he's actually down at Ace Hardware buying a sprinkler. Um, mm. You know, and now they know when I leave the living room and go into the kitchen. Yeah. You know, so they know how often I eat. Yeah. <laughs> they know when I leave the house, they know how long it takes me to get to Ace. And there's a whole bunch of extra knowledge that they can use for other things. You know, so. And then take it back to a time when more people used cash, you know, when debit cards weren't something, you know, didn't mm -hmm. have a Visa or MasterCard logo on them and people used cash. How would you track that? I mean, mm -hmm. they had to abstract a lot more about, I mean, how did they collect this data in the past? That's actually an interesting. They got it from data sources like the Department of Motor Vehicles, voter registration. Um, there are a number of sources that offer their money for, are their their facts for money because I worked for direct marketers in the eighties. So uh. we didn't have web, but we had, you know, we created mailing lists based on demographic info. And I remember some somebody showing me on a, a list of people, basically any list of people, there would be like a demographic profile that you could show and say all the people on this fall into. And yeah. it was like, you know, we could tell you the percentage of Democrats that live in this in this carrier route, which is only 15 houses, so it's much tighter than a zip code, um, who were, drive station wagons and go on camping trips. I mean, oh, interesting. just based on, you know, oh, they bought something from REI. Uh -huh. So, you know, and REI is selling its, its purchase data to people. So I now see. we know that they go camping. And, you know, it was just, it was crazy that, you know, like we want to, we want to sell Pampers. Who should we sell to? Okay, we got a list for you here. We can put together a list of people that are most likely to buy Pampers. Interesting. But there was a delay back then, right? I mean, when you- Well, they, and the amount of data that you could collect to get well, a we had reasonable- it all already. But, but that's, that was my point. You didn't have it real time, virtually real time, like they have it now, right? No, huh. A lot of that stuff doesn't, and that's, the, that's another interesting thing is that we were marketing to who you were as a consumer back then. Now we're marketing to what you're doing in the minute. And it's a totally different kind of thing, actually. And I never thought about that, but conceptually, I mean, it's much less powerful to, because the latter is marketing on whim. Mm -hmm. Oh, he looked at an ad for, so now we're going to show him a ton of ads for. And it's like, you know, he did that because somebody just called him up and asked him about something. He's yeah. not in the market for that. Or he yeah. accidentally clicked but it. But if I know like who you are as a person, your profile, then that's really who you are. So in a way, the marketing that they're doing these days is is more like it's fast food marketing. Mm. It's drive-through marketing, hmm. drive-through targeting. But coming back to the great hack, these guys realized this could be used in way more powerful ways to sway. I mean, they talked about, they talk about how we tested this in, in, elections in these small, yeah, yeah, small, yeah. small countries and then would branch out a little more and perfect it and perfect it. So it, with the goal in mind to use it in the UK and use it in the US and mm -hmm. use it in these, you know, these big countries. And I think now anybody would be delusional to say that, that they're not doing that. I mean, Cambridge Analytica may be out of business, but there is definitely at least five more that have popped up that are doing the same thing. 
So you sound how, skeptical. You look skeptical. I, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily skeptical. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm not somebody who watches mainstream media. Yeah. I do not follow the news. I think it's all crap. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm probably not the kind of person that's going to be swayed by something like this. So I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about. Am I asking this question from my perspective or from the average American, you know, average UK consumer, normal, you know, person yeah. perspective? But how, explain to me how it's different than campaigns for candidates and causes and things like that in the past. Because I'm just seeing this is just another mechanism that people are using to convince people of their position. Well, a lot of times it's not real, which is different. And there's a reason that we have, I am candidate X and I approve this message. Because you're saying I'm advertising for this guy. But like I said, when you tell me there's an event, a rally to go to, and as they said, the, the important things here are fear and anger. And that's what they're doing. They're playing on fear and anger. Mm -hmm. They want to post things that are either going to make you scared or, or make you angry. A lot of times they're not even real. And the thing is they can get you to take action through that. And again, this is entirely different than marketing has ever been. We haven't gotten people to take action through fear and anger. But if they create a rally and people show up, then it's a rally. I mean. <laughs> they're blowing up the extremism. How, but how event. does the, how does mainstream media not also do that? They do. They do. So why 100%. is it, why are we saying that it's okay for them to do it, but it's not okay for because this? Because when we turn on mainstream media, we know what they're telling us. We know that that's what they're telling us. Mm. But when I just see a thing of this cop shot five people, blah, 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 you need to come down and march in front of the Capitol. You're getting me angry. You know, you're getting people angry. They're not looking at it as you're trying to convince me of something. It's, it's basically like if you start putting out fake, real fake news items like that, like this never really happened, but I'm going to like, like, you know, this cop shot 10 black people in a bar. I can put that out on Facebook. It never happened. But what is that going to do? It's going to generate, it's, it's going to change the way people are, are So behaving. at what point do people not still bear the the responsibility for their, what they see and what they believe. I they, mean, are we saying do, that people aren't smart enough to see this stuff and go that? No, I'm definitely saying that. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is they're not, they're, they're lazy. They're way yes, too they lazy. Are. And to your point that that is a problem, but I think really where the problem is, and is it's more satisfying. It is illegal to, to incite violence, right? I don't know. It's I, illegal to incite violence, whether you're the media. The media can't incite violence. They can't put out. So what's happening? I think what's getting, I think, missed here a little bit is you got the same, was it Russia or China, setting up this Black, Black Lives Matter and this white pride and sending them both to the same location at the same time to incite violence and... They're not going to, this person is not going to, these groups of people are, are you know, the, the people that are, that are inciting this are in Russia. What are we going to do about it? How we can't stop them. Well, but that's kind of my point. Like there is, where does international law come into play, which doesn't exist by the way. I mean, it just doesn't. And 
I don't, I don't know. I, you, there, you, there's something about this that feels like we're trying to find a bad guy to blame. I'm not saying that bad guy doesn't exist. Okay. I'm just saying we're trying to find a bad guy to blame for people being lazy. I think you're right. Yeah, it, the, the, a, a big portion of the responsibility does lie on the people. But it's a new responsibility. I mean, that's the thing is this is, this is a new responsibility. One did not have to curate what one looked at and read before because one assumed if it was out there, it's on the internet, so it's real. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, but we say that tongue in cheek because that, again, is something that people learned in the beginning of the century, started learning was like, oh, just because it's on the internet, don't make it real. And so they had to learn that. That was a new responsibility that people had. And Except this is slightly different. Why is it different? I'm just saying because it's multiplying it. It's, well, it's multiplying, but it's I think there's word. a lot of people you could talk to that would say, I don't believe hardly anything on the internet. But I was on Facebook and, and my friend Janine told me this. Right. So it's why still not it? real, but because it came from Janine, who got it from, who got it from, who got it from. That's what I'm saying is the yeah. technology is, it's a new version of that and people are not caught up. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we make subliminal advertising illegal and we can tell everybody, Hey, you know, whatever you're watching, there may be these frames in there that tell you to do stuff, but you need to ignore that. Okay, but we still make it illegal because it's just too effing hard to ignore. And it's the same with this. It's just too effing hard to police yourself. Nobody has the time to fact check everything that they read because they're hungry for input. So they just want more input. And it's much more satisfying to get angry about something than it is to find out it wasn't even real. So you're, you're, you're playing into so many things. It's just, okay, you know, flat out, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not, it, it's not like, okay, well, you can't do this. But look at Facebook with the, you know, the gambling. They fuck, they effing hire people who specialize in manipulating your behavior psychologically with little technological tricks. So if you can't fight against that, you can't fight against that. There needs to be a law. And people can't fight against it. Psychologically, they just can't. It's like I've, it's like I've heard mm -hmm. said, and this was in the context of kids, a kid's brain doesn't stand a chance against the PhDs that a lot of these gaming companies are pitted against them to get them to continue playing these games and looking at these ads. Take the kid out of there because it doesn't matter. Our brains stand, can't stand a chance against some of... The tricks that these companies ha implement. And again, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get, I get that there's some creepy, nefarious stuff. I mean, believe me, I walked away from watching this movie and feeling gross, okay? But I also don't believe that government is a substitute for personal responsibility. And I'm not and suggesting I, I feel, that we... I feel like if you are... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at myself and I'm like, I don't get sucked into that shit. Who's responsible to inspect my food? I'm personally, I should be responsible, but we we pay people to do that. But but um, I, there's still something different here because people are are they are saying I'm willing to put my faith in someone else so that I can get the level of entertainment or the level of whatever that I want. 
and I take no responsibility for my behavior as a result of wanting that thing more than I care about the right thing or knowing the truth. I mean, I don't know. There's something about that that's like, it just feels disingenuous to me. There's a, there's a missing piece here that can't just be solved by saying the evil guy that's controlling all of our minds. I'm, I'm, I'm one third of this room and I, I get that I'm way outvoted and that's fine. I just think there is another perspective that doesn't assume that people are just blindly following whatever and they're stupid and they don't know the difference and they don't want to know the difference. I get that you think that I just, I can't believe that. I'm, I just can't. I just, I see it every day. I just, I can't believe that. And I think the reason is this kind of is highlighting your point, but I think the reason is because you are the type of the person I am the type grant. We're the type of people who do try to educate ourselves and do try to understand these things. And because of our backgrounds, we do understand at a technical level what's going on here and how easy it is to do some of this stuff. So let's talk about that for a second, because how do you, so technology is a very, very fast train that is just bolting forward. There's no putting on the brakes. This is happening now. What, what should somebody be looking for? How do they, how would they know? Basically anything that's outrageous, anything that's outrageous is probably not true. Hmm. I can't believe that happened. Well, there's a good reason why you can't believe it because it didn't happen. These, you know, this person shot all these people or that, you know, whatever, or this person said this, anything that makes your reaction go, I'm really pissed off about this or I can't believe that is false. It's mm-hmm. almost always false. Hmm. Hmm. And that's what, you know, that's my thing that I tell people now is like, if you found it outrageous, it's probably not true. Hmm. A good example would be um, the pictures that came out, I think in 2004, I think it was 2004 during the, during the election campaign about Jane Fonda. There was a picture that it turned out was doctored. And I don't remember the details of the picture, but um, something about her sitting on a tank or maybe that was real. I don't know. There was some picture. It had was sitting on a gun. That was a real picture. Yeah. Well, there was something <laughs> that, that came out that pretty quickly, everybody that sort of was aware and it was in that, they were like, that was doctored. That did not happen. You know, she maybe. said I didn't have, but what was the implication of it? The It was, I, I don't remember. I don't remember oh, the okay. details. I should have looked this up, but, um, but my point is, is it didn't matter. It didn't matter that there was this mass of people saying, this didn't happen. There was an even bigger mass that was like, that made me angry and I don't Mm. like her. And so I'm not voting for this guy or what I'm not voting for any party that she would be belonging to. Huh? But again, that does highlight highlight your point a little bit, right? These people should have educated themselves and, and taken a step back and said, okay, in this case, that was doctored. That was someone trying to manipulate me. I'm not going to buy into it. Yeah. So there's this thing that I keep seeing on LinkedIn and I forget what it's called where they have like celebrities doing like talk shows and they turn their faces into some other celebrities face. Mm -hmm. And the first time I saw this, it wigged me out because you can't tell. Yeah. I mean, literally it was Jim Carrey's head on what's her name? Allison. Uh, crap. I can't remember her last name. I can see her face. Uh, but it's this woman's body and she's got this dress on that's kind of low cut and she's got this gorgeous cleavage and there's just no other way to say it. And it's Jim Carrey's face with her hair. And I mean, I sat there, I watched the entire thing because I was trying to figure out what the hell am I seeing? Yeah. 
but technology's gotten so good. How do you know? Exactly. Like, how do you know the difference? Exactly. And I so, guess what you're saying is if it's so outrageous, I mean, that was so, I knew that it couldn't possibly be true, but take that one step further and looked at, look at the Samsung AI lab where they're taking 2d pictures, a 2d picture of, of, of the Mona Lisa or Einstein or Einstein, but the Mona Lisa being and making that them was a painting talk and move. Right. And it looks like Mona Lisa is talking and saying whatever they're having her say. And that one wasn't super believable, but the Einstein one was because we knew what Einstein looked like when he moved. So, yeah. So the I guess the problem is, you know, and I get where you're coming from, Grant. It's like, why why do we need to be protected from this? Because there there have to be laws so that we can punish people. But how do you create laws on a world stage to prevent people from other countries doing things to us because we are worldwide now? I mean, all of this matter. stuff we is everywhere. It doesn't matter. We own the communication network in the country. So it doesn't matter where something originates from. The communication network is owned in this country. So that's where the FCC comes in, you know, in, hello in that China. case. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> at, what, but at what point do you give up freedom to be protected and I'm putting that in quotes on purpose and well that's it's just the same as everything else some people can drive really good 90 miles an hour but we have speed limits because most people can't and that's really what it boils down to is yes we need laws to protect people from their own stupidity and their Mm. own lack of skill or their own lack of I mean look at the I know so many people who would not have the they don't have the cognitive ability to determine if something's not true you know, not everybody's smart. Mm. There is a fine line. Yeah, it's, and the, and it's a dangerous the conservative line. in me that's like, I want smaller government. I don't. Yeah, when he said that, I was ready to scoot over a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see the perspective. I just well, don't then, know where it goes let's from. Let's talk about laws. Let's remove all the laws. I'm not saying remove no, all the laws. I'm. I'm just saying... There's a there what there's been a lot of times in history when people have justified actions that take away freedoms and take away liberties and take away things from people, justifying them by saying you're not smart enough or you're not educated enough or you're not whatever. We know better than you. We know better than you. And where is the slippery slope there? Is there an example of that? I have no idea because I am not a history person. Things like that, but the Patriot Act. We, we have to protect you. That's, that's, that's what we're but here that's for. That's not we're protecting you from your own stupidity. That's making you feel better because a lot of people wanted that. A lot of people asked for that. And the people were happy when, when that happened. Although, you know, I agree. There's a lot of stuff in there that's not good. Um, the people asked for that. They wanted it. They supported it. They su- every time they, they put but more But you TSA just said people that people airport. aren't smart enough to make those decisions. Right. So how can you say. They're smart enough to know, thank you, daddy, for saving me. I'm saying that's bad. I know. But you're saying we need more of it. No, not in this case. This case is a, this case is 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 remedying their own lack of ability to do due diligence. Nobody does due diligence on anything. You know, if I hear something randomly as a rumor, I believe it. I walk away going, God, that guy's a jerk. I can't believe that I you know, I heard this about that person. You know, it kind of goes back to that like gossip type thing where I'd, I'd rather believe something outrageous than 
say, hmm, that might not be true. Mm. I think it's just the, the, the scale at which things can be manipulated. And, you know, seeing that and seeing the scale at which, you know, things, I don't know. I think there's some, some, something fundamental probably in the whole process that if you found it and poked at it and looked at it, you'd say, oh, we need to illegalize social networks. Mm. There, there's actually violating federal communications laws right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because it is bad, basically the situation's bad and yet it's not illegal. And I bet if you look hard enough, you'll find that it actually is illegal. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about it to be able to say yes or no. Or maybe, or what, you, you know, know, it's, it's, but like, it's, it's like software, software, you know, the software is not as good as it used to be because there's so many people doing it and so many people writing about it. There's so much on the internet about developing software that's so bad. Mm. And what can we do about that? Hmm. You know, and maybe that, maybe that's, you know, on, on your argument, the same thing of like, well, unless you're going to start curating things that go out there, you know, for public consumption, curating everything, then what's the difference between this and between, um, you know, just a, a pop-up ad? Yeah. Well, and then, and then who does the curating and, and we know Me. that people, and <laughs> yes, Grant is the curator and we know that people who are put in positions of power generally tend to abuse that power at some point in time. I mean, there's, there's a segment of people that are generally good people and probably could be trusted, but those aren't usually the people seeking power. <laughs> Look at politicians. So it's like it, there, I, I don't disagree that there's a problem. I just don't know how you solve it. Well, I think that it, if you just, I think the idea of notating things that are out there with, guess what? We scanned and we found that this only comes from very opinionated, far whatever sources. And also historically numerous things that they have published have turned out to not be true. Mm. And that's something that, you know, Facebook has tried to do. Um, I think if, if that could be done factually and perfectly, that would, you know, that would be the answer. If you could, you know, anything you see there, there's a little thing down in the bottom that tells you, oh, you know, this is a reliability a, score yeah, or something. Yeah, this is only 20% possible true. Mm. Mm. Then people would see that, but they're not going to go beyond that first level. Mm. I mean, that's the way most people live their life. <laughs> you know, it's on the surface. It's. Whatever it looks like is what it is. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, this has definitely been an interesting, controversial, very fun, enlightening topic. <laughs> we highly, highly recommend that you watch this movie, regardless of your political views or your belief systems or whatever. It, it's just interesting to see how this data gets propagated and how it gets used and and do start to make yourself more aware of what you're saying yes to. Um, and, and as much as you can get interested in what you're putting out there and who's seeing it and how it could be used. Um, so for. I go and click on a lot of feminine product ads (laughs) just to confuse them. I bet you do. (laughs) I have a friend that was going to do that. He was going to set up a bunch of different accounts and just start polluting them so that Facebook Facebook Got couldn't confused. tell the difference between his actual account and all these other ones. 
That's like dropping That's those funny. pieces of tinfoil to confuse the radar. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly I'm spreading it. chaff all around <laughs> the internet. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, all right. So on that note, for Grant Parks, Dale Brogdon, and Cynthia Delaria, this has been Incubate This and the Rika Show <laughs> in podcast partnership with the country of Ireland. we'll see you guys next time this episode of incubate this was brought to you by godandappidea.com in partnership with rica technologies and the rica show visit us at ricatech.com for more fun with technology or at godandappidea.com for more tips tricks strategies and advice